Hello and welcome to the Life Church Audio Podcast. We hope that you find these messages encouraging, life-giving, and ultimately get you closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Amen. Thank you very much, Omari. Uh, for those of you, just take a deep breath. For those of you who saw me kill that ant just now, I'm sorry if you're opposed to that, but we have ants here. And I think it fell from the roof because it was here, but now it's there and probably with Jesus. I'm sorry. <clears throat> All right. Ah, so good to be with you all this morning. Thank you for being at church. Isn't this great? I think so. Sorry for those who are disappointed that Andreas is not here. And thank you to those who are excited. That <laughs> uh, <clears throat> we really love uh, Andreas and Omri, so thank you so much for your leadership and your heart and passion for this church and for this community. It's uh, a really big honor being a part of this body, this church as well. We love you guys a ton. All right, look to the person next to you, say, hey, I'm ready. Okay, but now if you lied, say, I'm sorry, because <clears throat> if you're not ready for this word this morning, you're going to be in trouble. The Lord's going to get you. <laughs> I'm joking. It's not that kind of God. Um, <clears throat> but in today's message, we will look at how we can position ourselves for God to do the things that He wants to do through you. That's right. God doesn't want to only do things for you, but He actually wants to do things in you and through you. So we're going to look at why it's important to position ourselves and to put ourselves in a position for God to do things in us. So I won't be long this morning, um, probably just an hour and 15. You should all be home before dinner tonight. But <clears throat> I believe that God has a word. I believe that God has been speaking to me. I was supposed to preach on January 2nd, uh, this, the beginning of this year. Uh, me and my family got COVID then. Andreas had to flew back from vacation to come and preach. Bless his heart. And um, I still have that message on my heart. Um, God was speaking to me saying that I should still continue preaching that message. So obviously it's a little, a little bit different, but I just felt that God wanted to still say that. So bear with me. This is going to be great. This is going to be a fantastic ride. So if you have a notebook, take it out. If you use your phone, open up the notes app. Don't text anyone. And if you have your Bible, you can get that ready too. And if you don't, sit next to a Christian. <clears throat> that does. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm going to drop a few of those today. And if you don't laugh, come on, help me out. Help me out. <clears throat> All right. Now, if you are a Christian, a believer, or a child of God, you would almost smirk if I ask you this question. What can God do through you? Right? It's a question that I've been asked many times. But the answer is that God can do anything. Right? He's the God of the impossible. But what the heck does that look like? What does that really mean? We know that God is the God of the impossible. He's the creator of the universe, the beginning and the end of everything. And I'm asking you what he can do through you and through me. It's pretty obvious that he can do anything because he is God and we're not, right? Well, sometimes when I look at my own life and also when I look at those who call themselves Christians, I can't help myself but think that it's the God of miracles who has to work through them. And what I mean by that is that there has been times and moments in my life where my heart has been so stubborn and I've been so selfish and self-righteous 
that it has to take a miracle for God to speak to me. Has anyone ever been there? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that God shouldn't be doing miracles. I'm not saying that God can't do miracles. He should, and He is continuing to do it. But what I'm saying is that we should stop being so stubborn and selfish that it has to take a miracle for God to speak to you. That it has to take a miracle for you to realize that God is with you. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I'm going to skip over the little part where I'm really rude and telling you that you have to grow up in your faith and start really listening to God himself. But this is why I'm saying that we should position ourselves so that we can be ready for God to do the things that he wants to do and not only the things that we want him to do. So today's message, I'm going to title it, Take Your Position. And for marketing reasons, I really wanted to call this God Cannot Do Miracles Anymore, but I won't do that because that might get some people mad, all right, because He's a miracle-working God, and I'm pretty sure we're going to sing about that later as well. But today we're going to look at four points only, and hopefully that will encourage you to take a position, to position yourself in a way for God to do amazing things in you and through you. But let's first start by laying down the right foundation for the reason for you to position yourself in a way for Him to use you. First of all, number one. Everyone say number one. Numero uno. Numero uno. For those Afrikaans-speaking people. Relationship over religion. I believe we have a little slide for those. But relationship over religion. This is one of our church's core values. And that is that we believe in relationship over religion. The very basic explanation of this is that one is man searching for God in order to please him. And the other one is God reaching out to man in order to free him. Now, which one do you think is relationship and which one to you sounds like religion? I want to ask you that question. Where do you want to position yourself within relationship or within religion? That's a tough question that we have to ask ourselves because we are a church that believes in the relationship that God wants to have with you. Relationship is the way in which two or more people or things are connected, as the internet describes it and defines it. But you see, God becoming man, Jesus, stepping into this earth is the way that he chose to show us what it looks like to be in relationship, what it looks like to be connected with one another what it looks like to be connected with him. Now, I don't just want to skip over the power of the cross and what Jesus did. But after the death of Jesus, after he rose again, we have the Holy Spirit given to us so that we can now have relationship with him. And we've preached this. I hope that you've heard this before. But if you haven't before, the good works of the cross, what Jesus has done for us, is what our faith is built upon. But for us, in order to live out that faith, we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. He is the way that we are connected to God. So if you read John, uh, John 14, uh, verse 25 and 26, this is where Jesus was speaking with Judas. And I'll read it here. We have it up there. All this I have spoken while still with you. Now the advocate, the helper, or the connector, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all these things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. This is important for us to understand because 
as we're talking about taking a step into the position, the place where you need to be, we have to understand that we're doing this because of relationship and not because of some religious act. So my hope is that you're here this morning at church listening right now because you are seeking relationship with him and not because it's Sunday morning, 10 a.m. and you need to get your butt to church. I hope that you're seeking this relationship with him. If you are, say amen. Amen. All right. Now, here's a little heavy part, but I think it's good to start with this. A um, couple of things that we have to understand. In order to be in relationship with a God that's so amazing, so powerful, so wonderful. I mean, have you looked at the stars or the moon at night? Haley gets tired of me because I always say I want to go to the moon. I want to go explore the galaxy. Yay, I want to be an astronaut. That's my dream one day. But I'm just so awestruck by the vastness of our God. But in order to be in a relationship with a God like that, powerful, amazing, majestic, we need this thing called righteousness that needs to be equal to His in order to be in relationship with Him. All right? But that's nearly impossible as we're all human beings. We have our flaws. We all do things that we don't want to do. So it's quite impossible to have a righteousness that equals that of God's. But I do have good news. It's not that impossible anymore. Let's read Romans 3, verse 21, 23. It says, Now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between the Jew and the Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. This is why Jesus came and died for us. He fulfilled this law, and then he gave us the Holy Spirit so that we can now be equal to the righteousness of God. You see, you can receive the righteousness of God simply by saying yes to Jesus. That is actually the only way that you can equal the righteousness of God. And that is the only way that we can step into relationship. That's where religion falls way behind relationship. Because religion doesn't bring an equal righteousness as to what God has. But relationship does. Because we can say yes to Jesus. And we can say yes to the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen? Amen. All right. Now that we know why we should choose relationship over religion, we can look at what it actually looks like to take your position. So point number two. Everyone say number two. What's number two in Spanish? Dos. Everyone say dos. And now say tuya. That's Afrikaans. Great. By the end of the sermon, you're all going to be able to speak Afrikaans a little bit. Okay. <clears throat> number two, identifying your position. Now, I grew up, I started at the age of five playing rugby. I know it doesn't look like that. I know you think I should look like Eddie to play rugby. But I, I played rugby since the age of five up until I was 18. And it's, to this day, probably my most favorite sport because it's fun to play. You get to hit other people, tackle them, run into them. 
and score tries and people cheer at you. It's fantastic. It's great. It's really a great sport. But the thing that it has taught me most was how important your position is. Now, if you don't know uh, any sports, most sports work like this except tennis, one-man sport, except if you play doubles, I guess. You still have your position. But in rugby, there's 15 players on a team on a side, and each person has their own position. Like any other sport, hockey players, football, I don't quite understand football yet. They tried to put me in a fantasy league. I did not lose, which is great. I did not come in last. But I don't know anything about the sport still. I've been, what, eight years, something like that in Canada. I do not understand football yet. So this is why I'm talking about rugby, because I understand rugby. Now, growing up, I didn't play just one position growing up. As I progressed throughout the years, my body changed, my fitness changed, everything changed. And so I naturally went into different positions and the different teams I would play for, they would put me in different positions. So I really remember how important it was and how the coaches always drilled us to know your role. We teach this a lot in music, um, playing in a band and this thing is that you gotta know your role. You gotta know your position. So I grew up playing like flank and lock and um, eighth man, I think is the English term for it, and a fly half and full back because I used to be fast. Then I got a bit chubby and I wasn't that fast. And then I was fast again after that. <clears throat> but I played all these different positions and they each had their own specific thing that you have to do. Now, some of those positions wouldn't necessarily allow you to score a try or to do certain things where other positions will lean more towards those kind of things. So some, in some positions, you receive more praise than what the other kids would in the other positions. But rugby really taught me how important it is to understand what a position is and how important it is to actually stay within your position. If you're assigned to play fullback for a game, I can't just decide mid-game to be a prop or a flank, which is a whole different position and they would wreck me. I would not make it through a game if I were to be a prop. So it's important for us to identify these positions and then stick to them. But let's just look at a couple of examples in the Bible, of course, um, of those who took up the challenge to get into position and let God use them and change them. Let's read in Mark 5, uh, verse 21. It says, a woman in the crowd. And we've all, uh, we've heard the story, right? It's pretty great. Uh, uh, Mark 5, 21. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. Uh, okay. <clears throat> uh, she had suffered a great deal from many doctors. And over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them. But the one but she hadn't gotten better yet. In fact, she had gotten worse. So she heard that uh, Jesus was in town, and so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought by herself, to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I would be healed. And immediately the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Here's a woman who had to physically position herself somewhere to get healing from Jesus. Right. Another example is this little dude called Zacchaeus. He's a little bit taller or shorter than Haley and 
genie, I believe. But um, Luke 19, it says that uh, Jesus entered Jericho and he was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and he was rich. Thank you for those details. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. And I think that is one of the most funniest phrases in the Bible because they could have just said that he was very short. Um, Because when they set him up to be, um, (laughs) when they say here that he was a chief tax collector and he was very rich, I do not like picture a dude that's really small uh, in stature, as they put it. I picture someone that looks like Eddie, obviously. But because tax collectors, they obviously got to get something from you. Um, Okay, let's go on. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into the sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. Random. Another physical position to get into, to get Jesus's attention. There's many examples like this in the Bible where people had to position themselves physically in a place in order to receive or be touched by God. If you look at someone like Abraham, this guy, this guy had a really rough life as well. And he had some pretty big challenges to overcome and to deal with. But Abraham was a man of faith. The position that he took was faith. And the Bible says that he simply believed God and he believed in the promises of God. And now today, because of that, we know Abraham to be the father of faith. That's how we know it. But I mean, God wouldn't tell you this today, but Abraham's faith was so strong that he took his kid up a mountain to sacrifice him just to obey God. That's strong. The only mountain I'm taking Leo on is to snowboard. You're safe, boy. Don't worry. Which, by the way, my boy's almost one year old. Most precious little thing. Only in a church where you clap where your baby turns one. That's amazing. I love it. The love. I can feel it. Um, (laughs) The position that Abraham took was a position of faith. If you look at the... um, as guy David, we remember him as this kid who killed Goliath, right? Or maybe as a king, or as First Samuel says, a man after God's own heart. Now, obviously, David wasn't perfect. And when you look at all the, uh, almost said it, the daft things that he had done, David was far from perfect. But David was a man who positioned himself in trusting in the Lord, and in a worshipful heart, living a life of worship. And we can learn a ton from that. If we look at Peter, Peter did miraculous things. And it's all recorded in the book of Acts. In chapter 3, God healed a man who couldn't walk through Peter's words. In chapter 9, a paralyzed man and even a dead woman was healed by God's power working through Peter's words. So Peter had to position himself in order to be used by God. The Apostle Paul wrote most of the letters in the New Testament. And we're, all of us have been encouraged by, this, by his example of being bold and his example of faith and perseverance, right? Despite all the difficulties that he um, were, was faced with, like Paul stood in faith and he persevered. And because of that, thousands of people heard the gospel. Thousands of people heard the good news of Jesus. Paul had to position himself in boldness and faith and perseverance for others 
to experience Jesus. So hopefully you can see those couple examples in those couple of examples that you don't have to be perfect. A lot of times, like we actually step into our position from our brokenness. And this morning in pre-service prayer, we heard a lot of testimonies like that. And God was speaking this morning even that the breakthrough is coming. The brokenness won't last forever. So, amen? Amen. Positioning yourself right will lead toward the plan that God has already set in place for you. Your position that you take is the starting point for your direction. And if you, if you position yourself wrong, you're going to go into the wrong direction, which will lead you to the wrong destination. You never end up in the right place if you're heading in the wrong direction. It just doesn't make sense. So some of you might be asking this question right now. God, why don't I see my breakthrough? Why are things so hard right now? Why am I not healed yet? Why am I hurting so much? Why did my marriage not last? Why are my kids not talking to me? Why are things so tough? Could it maybe be that you haven't identified the right position to be in? We know that there's consequences to all the things that we do. So that's why it's important for us to, step one, identify that we need this relationship with God. And then identify this position that we need to be in in order for us to go in the right direction where God leads us, the Holy Spirit leads us, so that we can arrive at our final destination. And spoiler alert, your destination is never final here on earth. It ends up with Him. And so it doesn't matter how hard you seek for your destination to arrive somewhere. You're not going to get there because our destination is with Him one day. And that is why it's important to know that you can only be with God one day after all this earth, the earth thing, after all of this, you can only be with him through believing in Jesus. Because that's the only way that you can have equal righteousness to him. And God can only be for eternity with those who have equal righteousness to him. And that is why the book of Romans says that it's so important to understand that when Jesus came for us, stepping, when God stepped into earth in form of Jesus, we now, by believing in him, we can be with him one day. Does that make sense? Amen. Now, please know that it's not too late to position yourself in the right place. Like the woman, maybe you have to push through some tough crowds to get into position. It might take a little bit of hard work to position yourself it might take some really strong choices and different choices that you maybe want to make to start stepping into the right position where God can find you. Not that he can't find you anywhere, but for God to use you like fully to the way that he wants to is for you to step into the right position. It's easy for us to just revert to the world's ways, right? Like Andrea said last week, I love that he said that. When the world says, don't forgive, God says, forgive. When the world says, it's okay to trash talk someone on social media, behind their backs, blah, blah, blah. It's so easy to type on a keyboard. God says, love them. Love them all the way. Like go deliver food at their house. Instead of trash talking someone, 
speak life over them. That's one of the hardest things is speaking life into someone who you think is your enemy. That's really hard. But that's the world ways is easy. Is It's so easy to just step and fall into that. To take the position of the world is super easy. God's ways is a little bit challenging. But as soon as you start a relationship with Him, and as soon as you start to realize that the Holy Spirit is here to help you through those things, it becomes easier and easier to just walk in these things like the Bible says, to walk in love, to be kind, to be mindful, and to care for one another. Not only when you think and when you feel like it, all the time. That's the thing that makes it hard. This is supposed to be a constant thing. Okay? So my question to you now is, what position are you going to take? What position are you going to step into? What is it that you need to do? The position that is celebrated and even rewarded by the world's ways? Or is it going to be a position that is celebrated by the heavens and rewarded by God and His ways? Remember that God's ways are eternal and the world's ways, it's all temporary. Those things won't last, but they hurt. And the hurt can last forever because we're only on earth for a certain amount of time. But when you step into what God has for you, that rises up in you for eternity. Hopefully that makes sense. This might look like taking on the position of loving your family on purpose, being the best husband or wife, being diligent with the job that you currently have. Maybe it's a position of forgiveness or thankfulness. Or maybe it's a position of becoming the greatest leader for those around you. Maybe it's a position of setting a Christ-like example for your kids. Maybe it's a position of being faithful in your tithes. Or I'm going to say it, a position of start to tithe. Start to being generous. I'm going to ask you, what's your position? Which one are you going to take? If you can't seem to find the position you need to take or the thing that you got to do, let God lead you into that. Let the Word of God show you. And we can find this in the book of James. James 1, it says that if you lack any wisdom, you should ask God because God gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. But when you ask, here it is, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable <laughs> in all they do. That's a pretty hard scripture right there, because it says if you ask God, you got to be ready. And if, how many of you have ever done this? You ask God for something, and then right away you start doubting what you asked Him. Right away, you start doubting whether or not he can actually do it. Like that's our flesh setting in. It's the ways of the world that just takes over our minds, all that kind of stuff. But the word says that it's kind of foolish to do that. And you're unstable like the waves in the ocean. They just come and go. They just come and go. So this leads me into point number three, and that is standing firm in your position. Now, we've been going through this uh, series with, Elijah about Elijah called the underdog and uh, we started to see what it actually looks like 
to be committed to the ways of God and what it actually looks like to stand firm in the position. Elijah took this position to be, to be committed to God. And we see all these miraculous things, right? To me, I think again, back to rugby and the positions that they have in rugby. The prop, they're usually a couple of bigger guys. I don't know if you know rugby, but there's like a formation called a scrum where each team, they scrum against each other, a scrummage, I guess you can call it. But it's eight guys coming together. I used to be a lock, which is a position where you put your head in between two guys' butts. And you're locked in there for like, I don't know, a minute or so of eight, uh, 16 guys like trying to push against each other. And then there's another guy, I don't know why they called it this, but he's called a hooker. And it's the number two position, but his job is to hook the ball from the other team, okay? I don't know why they called it that, but well, I do, but I don't. If you get what I, okay. <clears throat> I'm reminded of this position called the prop, which is number one and number three in a scrum. So there's three guys in the front line. Number one, prop, then a hooker, and another prop. Sounds like a really bad setup for a joke, but <clears throat> that's what it is. And I'm reminded by that because they are the guys who are the most steadfast in the scrum. You rely on those guys to push the other team backwards. So you got only two guys that's leading that in the front, then you got the hooker in the middle, and you have the rest of the guys following up, putting power behind them. And I think it is really, really amazing to see that if those guys did not, does not step into their positions during a rugby game, you would never win a scrum. You would never win this thing called a scrum. They throw the ball in, you push, you got to push the other team over the ball, and then you get the ball, get it out to your back line, and they go score. That's usually how it's supposed to work. But it's important to know your position and to be firm in that. You should, you should be known by your commitment and being steadfast in your faith, in your position. Like when Paul wrote to the Philippians in Philippians 1, verse 27, we can read this. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. If I ask you the question, can people, like when I ask someone else about you, will other people be able to say what position you are currently standing in? If you take on a position of generosity, for, for example, are other people able to say that he's a generous person? Are other people able to say that you're an amazing husband or dad to your kids? Are they able to see that? Like that's what happens when you start living a life and a relationship with Jesus is that true life starts to flow through you and other people start to see it. So, can others see the position that you are in? Just ask yourself that question. If, you're, if you say that you're going to be the best husband or wife, or the best father-in-law or father-in-favor, as we say in church, surround yourself with people who are amazing in their relationships. Ask yourself the question, ask, ask them questions, read books, spend intentional time to build those relationships, to make it stronger. If you want to be more generous, be diligent in your giving. 
Start by saving up all the money you spend on Starbucks or Aritzia or Best Buy. And maybe buy a nice meal for someone, deliver it. It's so easy these days. You have skipped the dishes and Uber Eats. You can order something and have it delivered to their house. How easy is that? Once you've done that, maybe next time you show up at their door with a meal. Or maybe next time you meet them in person somewhere and you bless someone with something. If you want to be a generous person, you got to start being generous. And it starts by positioning yourself in this way. Just like that lady did pushing through these crowds. Just to touch the garment of Jesus. Maybe you and I need to start pushing through these choices that we make, which is basically the world's way of doing things. You got to push right through and step into the kingdom and the ways that God has put out for us. To step into position of love, kindness, being a great father, the best husband, all these things. You can come up with so many. Maybe you can think of some now, write it down in your notebook. If you don't have a notebook, take the person's next to you. Write it down, but start identifying these positions so that we can step into them and start standing firm in those things. Don't change your mind, right? If God leads you somewhere, he's not going to change his mind. He's not confused. Listen to me, God is never confused. If God sends you somewhere or tells you something, he means it. And he, means to, he meant to send you there. He's not going to change his mind the day after. Okay, God will not tell you one thing and the next day change his mind and say, oh, sorry, I didn't really mean that. I was confused. I meant to tell you this. Our God does not have an identity crisis. Our God is firm. We just sang that earlier. He's our firm foundation. And we truly believe that. We believe every single word that we sing. And I hope you do too. Because what we sing, just side note, what we sing here at church, it's just scripture basically. Maybe it looks a little different sometimes, but, it, but it's always principles of God put to melody. It's just nicer to maybe do it that way. That's why we sing, because it's nice. Anyone like singing? Anyone good at singing? Yeah, that's less of us. <laughs> All right. Be creative in the way that you position yourself. So by that, uh, I mean, oftentimes we find ourselves in a place where we don't really know what it means to be used by God or what it looks like. But the fact is, and the reality is that if you're stuck somewhere and you don't know what to do, if you don't know how to be creative in what you need to do for your children, for your family, for your neighbors, for the church, whatever it might be, if you find yourself lacking creativity, don't go on Google or Instagram or find the latest book on that topic first. First, go to God. He's the creator of everything, right? He's the author of creativity. Why wouldn't you first want to go to him? And he might tell you, Google this, Google that, or read this book, or go to this person. We have to realize that our first initial step to get into position is always going to him first. And that way, when you're in your position, you will be directed towards the final destination, which is you know, your journey, your direction is filled, should be filled with love, kindness, meekness, like just beautiful things because that's the way that our God operates. Yes, he's the God of thunder that we read about in the Bible. He's still the same God who did all those weird things 
um, that we read about in the Bible. There's some crazy stories in there. He's still the same God, but he does operate a little bit differently because of Jesus, because of his Holy Spirit. Our God is gentle. He is slow, but he's, always, he's also fast. We said that this morning too. It's amazing to see how God can prepare, let's say, prepare your heart in such a slow manner. Maybe it takes four years for you to forgive someone. And then all of a sudden, this forgiveness starts to pour out and pour out. And all of a sudden, you can't stop it because we've seen our God's like a slow cooker. Okay, let's bring it down to cooking levels. God's like a slow cooker, all right? All of a sudden, these things are brewing, brewing, brewing. Does a slow cooker have the steamer thing that pops out and then yells? No? Pressure cooker. Our God's like a pressure cooker. Okay, let's use that one. It's like all these things that you've been asking him, all these positions that you need to take, everything is like you in the pot being like, you know, brewed together. And then all of a sudden, our God starts to move and breakthrough happens. And then the steamer thing goes off and your kitchen is full of steam and it's lovely. And I don't know if your smoke alarms will go off with those things. Is it? No, it's just heat. It's not smoke. So you're safe. But that's the way that God operates. When he breaks through, he breaks through. You better be ready. Because remember, if you ask him to show you things, don't doubt. Don't be in that place to ask him and then not be ready. Because man, God is going to show up and he's going to do things. And if you're not ready, he's like, his ways are just going to like go over over your head and you're going to miss what he wants to do in you and through you so commit to your position commit to a place where god can speak to you at any time and not just on sunday mornings here at 10 a.m life church here in ladner our god should be bigger than just the weekends in our lives your ability to breathe should be the permission for god to speak to you we shouldn't have to step into this place where we say, oh, Holy Spirit, I give you permission now to move. I know we do that sometimes and sometimes we need to position ourselves there. But we also have to realize that just the fact that you are breathing and that your heart is beating right now, that should be the permission for God to do something in you. Amen? Okay. Now, once, now that we've identified our positions... And we've committed to them. Some of you are going to commit to them later today. Point number four, make praise and worship your response. Make praise your reaction. This is something that we love to do in church because we respond to God because he is good. Amen? So the thing is, life is full of stuff. Life is full of things. Life is full of like dark things, but life is also full of bright things. Life can be full of love and kindness and all these things. But all of us experience life very differently and we all go through certain stages of life, our journey. But where you are positioned within that journey, where you decide to position yourself, will determine how you're going to deal with it. Remember that God is always with you. Holy Spirit's always leading you. You just got to realize it. You just got to tap in and say, God, I'm here to be used by you. And then not doubt, but be ready for him to do. And maybe it's crazy things sometimes. And I'm not talking like, ah, crazy. I'm just talking like maybe he asks you to drive two hours to go see someone to forgive them. That's also crazy sometimes to us. Because, hey, it's far to drive downtown even. We don't want to go downtown. It's too far. 
But what if God calls you to go and speak to someone to forgive them that lives downtown or in Chilliwack even? Would you do it? Take it further. Would you get on a plane to go speak to someone to forgive them if you needed to or to reconcile a relationship that's been broken? Sometimes when God asks us stuff, it's really hard to respond because it doesn't physically make sense to us. But here's the good thing. It doesn't have to physically make sense to you. You just got to have faith. You got to trust in the ways of the Lord. Like David did, like Abraham did. God's not going to ask you to take your son to Mount Seymour to go and sacrifice him. He'll ask you to take your son to Cyprus to go and snowboard. You'll do that. And that's the kind of love that God gives because that's all within relationship. It's an honor to know God. And that is why we worship him. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. We're going to sing one more song. But I've seen this in our church and I'm really amazed by it, by the way that you guys respond. And it's amazing to see that we step into worship. It's honestly amazing. There's some churches that are dead inside where people, where there's worship music going, but people are still just dead, not realizing how to respond to God. And I do think it's something that our church does really well, responding in worship. We did this last week where we, at the end of the service, and I'm not going to lie, it was pretty fun where we sang that song, I Speak Jesus. Very practical, very practical. Like telling us exactly what we are doing, what we should be doing. I speak Jesus over every heart and every mind, you know, over every soul, into the darkness, into depression. I speak Jesus. That's very practical, man. If you don't know what to do, just do something like that. Listen to some worship songs. They will always lead you to the right direction. Well, some... There's some songs that's a little out there and weird, but most worship songs will lead you towards what you need to speak over people, what you need to speak over yourself. So respond to each position that you get into in praise and in worship. And this might look like shouting in your car, just thank you, Jesus. I'm not talking about the kind of thank you, like when you give someone the salt at a dinner table, like thank you. I'm talking like about a real thank you. The one where you start saying thank and you start to cry and you can't even finish your sentence that ends with you. Thank you. Two letters. I'm talking about that kind of thank you that really comes from the bottom of your heart. Where you really thank God for the breath that you have. Will you thank God for the position that you might be in right now? Because there's breakthrough. There's more coming. There's always better things ahead. The word says that we always move from glory to glory. We always move from this one place where God is revealed in our lives to another place where God is revealed in our lives. But this only happens when we start saying yes to Jesus and the Holy Spirit to move in our lives. So, Many of you know this. I love saying that God wants to do something in you for the sake of doing something through you. So it is important for us to start stepping in to the things that God wants to do in you. 
If you want to be generous, I'm sorry, I don't know why I used this example so much this morning, but if you want to be a generous person, you'll see that your generosity starts to change you before it changes someone else. And that is the only way that we get to change the world around us. But sometimes we have to replace the word world with something like our family, my kids, my community. Because the world is a huge place. And that's like sometimes too big to think about. Yeah, we want to change the world. How do we do it? Don't think like that. Start by just doing it like, how can my generosity change my family? You being diligent, being generous, might set your kids up to go through college one day. Might set your grandkids up to be able to do that. Your generosity might set someone else up to go through life without any worry. The love that you pour into your family, the love that you pour into your kids and to your friends, your Friday night hangout with the boys, or your Monday night evening with the ladies, whatever night it might be. Those moments where you choose to either gossip or pour love and speak life into, those are the things that will start to shape not the world, but your family, your friends around you. And that's the only way that we can bring change to this world is if it starts within you, right? We always hear that. Change has to start within you. Yay! It starts within you because of what Jesus did. It can start and have a huge effect on someone else's life because of the Holy Spirit moving now, not only in you, but through you. If God is doing something in you right now and you're allowing it to stop with you and you alone and you keep your God, your Jesus to yourself, you are minimizing our God. You are minimizing the power that Jesus has in our lives. So let what God is doing in you, maybe not yet, like maybe it's not, maybe you feel like he's not doing something in you yet. Maybe you have to just come to that place where you say, God, I want to take on a position of thankfulness. And from that moment on, you let Him start to move in you with thankfulness. So this is you saying, God, so thankful for what you do every single day. My car, my computer, my kids, my shoes, everything. I'm thankful for that. But now I'm thankful that I get to know you, God. I'm thankful that I'm actually able to speak to someone about you and tell them that they can also be thankful for having breath every morning. Hey, where does this breath come from? The trees around us? Yeah. Who put those trees there? You see, this is how we get to change those around us for the good. Our mandate, our one and only mandate that we need to stick to. We've heard this word a lot lately, right? But our only mandate that we really need to speak, stick to, and this is a spiritual mandate, is the mandate of sharing the good news. What is the good news? The good news is that you and I can have this righteousness that equals God's so that we can sit with Him in heaven. Not only then, but heaven starts right now. By your prayers, you're calling down heaven. You're giving heaven permission to do things around you right now. So... Position yourself somewhere so that God can start doing things in and through you at His time.
and not only on your time. Amen. Amen. Let's respond in worship. And uh, I'm just going to pray for us as we start to sing. God, and maybe you need to do this. Open up your hands if you need to. God, we want to take on and step into this position now. Holy Spirit, would you speak to us? Holy Spirit, would you show me right now what it is you want to do in and through me? God, we do give you permission. But like we said earlier, God, the fact that my heart is beating right now is my permission for you to move. Holy Spirit, lead us. Show us what we need to do so that people can see you more and more. We don't want to be man seeking to please you, God. We want to be man who realizes what you've done for us. We want to be the people that starts moving because if we don't move, you don't move. So God, use us each and every single day. Show us what these positions are. Maybe it's one position we need to take on for a month and then step into another one. Maybe it's three positions to identify right now and commit to doing those for three months. Hey, I want to become a better father. I'm going to dig into that for one whole year. Holy Spirit, would you remind us how to stay faithful and how to stay firm with what we choose, what we want to do. We just thank you now, God. We love you so much and thank you that you're speaking to us. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Welcome to do whatever you want to do and we're not going to doubt. So God, we know you're here and you're willing to do amazing things in and through us. And we all say, Amen. It's worship. Thank you so much for joining us on the Life Church audio podcast. If this message spoke to you, go ahead and share it with your friends and family. And let's get the word of God into the lives of more people out there. For more information about us, go to thisislifechurch.com. And remember that we can make a difference by loving people.